0: Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation.
1: This week, I'm excited to introduce our uh, in-studio guest, uh, a true friend of the organization. Many of you will remember this gentleman. Uh, He's responsible for me sitting in this chair today. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome our state forester, Mr. Rick Oates.
0: Rick, how are you doing? Hey, William, it's great to be uh, back here at Alpha. I haven't been back here in a while. It's good to be back and visit with some old friends. Ah, absolutely. We're glad to have you. Um, I, I guess we'll go ahead and get kicked off
1: and start hitting some of the big questions. It's been uh, a busy couple of weeks at the Forestry Commission, I know, um, kind of highlighted by the new announcements from Governor Ivey coming from the Restore Council projects down at the Gulf Coast.
0: Uh, we are excited about this program, William. It, uh, it's been something we've been working on for about two and a half years at the uh, Forestry Commission to uh, bring some money back to Alabama to do some forestry work in in the coastal areas of the state. We uh, got a $10 million grant through the Restore Council that we will spend that money down in Mobile and Baldwin counties, mainly, maybe a little bit further north, but mainly in those two counties. And we're gonna be using that money to help landowners better manage their timber. The philosophy behind this is that well-managed timber creates clean water, which goes into the Gulf and helps helps the uh, Gulf waters be cleaner and and better for the things they do. Uh, this
1: and, and not to cut you off, but I I guess I should have done done a little bit better of a lead in there. This. The Restore Council is, is made up of the, the different conservation groups uh, or agencies in the Gulf Coast region that is responsible for doling out the money from the Deepwater
0: Horizon spill, right? That's right, okay. and I should have started there too. The uh, the Restore program is based after the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, and BP put a lot of money into the what they call the Restore Council, and they provide grants to the Gulf Coast states to do things to help clean up the water and protect the water in those areas. And it, so it's fi- primarily Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas are the five states that are involved. And then the federal government has one vote as well. And the governor in each state is the one that appoints the representatives to the Restore Council. So we certainly thank Governor Ivy for her support of this program and support of our grant proposal that we put into this process.
1: And and this program in, in Alabama is, is unique to the other states from, from my understanding in that this is the first uh, allotment of money going to the State Forestry Commission, right? Most of yeah. the other ones have been pretty much strictly wildlife related, um, directly funded to either helping the fisheries or, or marshes or whatever in those Gulf Coast regions.
0: Exactly. This is the first time they've, they, they've put money into forestry programs. And we, like I said, we've done a lot of work trying to convince all of the restore members that clean clean for our healthy forests equal clean water. That's something we have been working on. That's a message our our industry has been trying to to promote for years, and just being able to you know show that if we can do things in the watershed with the forest lands there to promote healthy forests, whether it's prescribed burning, um, invasive species control management plans for landowners, whatever it is that we can do to promote better management of that timber in in those watersheds will result in cleaner water, which is something we've always talked about through best management practices and management plans and all the things we've done. So what this grant is going to do is promote the things that we already do in a lot of ways down on the coastal or do across the whole state, but it's going to give us a specific target and specific money to target a lot of landowners and do a lot of really good work in coastal areas.
1: That's great. So just thinking, I guess, now that we've kind of got the broad picture here, specifically, what what are some of the, I guess, main objectives of the program you talked about? Controlling invasive species, helping folks get their BMPs right, prescribed burning. Are these money, I guess I should ask, is this money going to be boots on the ground uh, type of funds or it'll be more kind of, um, I guess, generic uh, administrative, hey, we're thinking about this? Or what will these funds go directly for as it pertains to a landowner?
0: This will go into cost share programs to go to boots on the ground. We will uh, have folks that go out there and help landowners burn their property we will send our foresters out to create management plans, make recommendations, whatever it is the landowner needs and wants to improve their property. But it it's going to be based on developing cost-share programs for landowners so that we can help them better manage their property. And we'll we'll do it, we'll do a lot of the work ourselves. We'll also in some cases probably hire some consulting foresters to work with us because I I envision this program can get a lot. Is going to get a lot bigger than just our staff can handle. So, we'll be working with consulting foresters and others to help landowners better manage their land. And like you said, directly boots on the ground doing the work and getting things accomplished.
1: Well, that's great. I, I'm I'm excited to see that program. I, I know that. Um A lot of people i shouldn't say forget about the oil spill, but it, it did happen so long ago now that it's 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 encouraging to see that there's still cleanup activities going there's still a concerted effort to can i guess to benefit the natural resources, natural resources of our state so i'm I'm excited and I commend you all for what y'all are doing on this project
0: well we we are excited like i said about it, and we we also i i can't say enough about Governor Ivy supporting us in this program and Commissioner Blankenship with conservation natural resources supporting this grant and getting this this program kicked off.
1: I guess um switching gears a little bit thinking about um some things inside the department. Um I mentioned kind of at the top of the show that uh it's been a, a busy couple of weeks for the commission. Uh I saw just recently that your um it's not your inaugural but it's your first in a while uh academy class just graduated. Can you tell us a little bit about what the academy is?
0: Sure, we are this is another program we are really excited about. Um, Back in the early 70s, former state forester Bill Moody started a program called the Forestry Academy, and during that program, they took all of our new hires in for basically two six-week sessions where they spent six weeks learning how to do their jobs. Uh, Unfortunately, due to budget cuts and just lack of money and other things in the early 90s, they had to discontinue that program. And since then, we haven't done a whole lot of training, haven't done enough training make sure our employees are doing their jobs as safely as they can be and doing it consistently across the state so one of the things i started talking to our folks about about a year and a half ago maybe two years ago was a way to reinstate that academy it um, the older employees that have been around for a while that went through it back in the, the early 90s just have great memories of that program and know that it was a great way to come into the forestry commission and learn how to do their jobs. So we really wanted to recreate that experience and and recreate that training for our folks. Most importantly, as I told them in, in the graduation, is you know my most important thing that they do is safety, and I want to make sure they do everything they do as safely as possible. Because as wildland firefighters, we have some dangerous jobs, and shoot, just driving a, a transport or a pickup truck on the road these days is pretty dangerous as well. So. We really wanted to spend a lot of time focusing on safety and making sure that, that our employees know the safest way they can to do the job. So we spent uh, four weeks, well, eight weeks, two two four 4 four-week sessions down at the Dixon Center in, in Andalusia and taught them the first, first four weeks was all about forest protection and equipment operations and fighting fires and all the things associated with that. And then the second four-week session was all about forest management. So they learned crash course in dendrology and silviculture and plan, writing forest management plans and all of the things that, that we do to help the landowner better understand and manage their timber.
1: Yeah, it's a a really cool program that that I was excited to play a, a small role in. Rick, you, you invited me down to come talk to the class, um, I guess, at the the second session. And I, I had known that you were, I guess, uh, reinvigorating this program and starting it back, but I, I was unaware of how big the, the time commitment was. And uh, to me, it, it, it really kind of speaks volumes about how seriously the leadership over there is, is taking, um, I guess, uh, the opportunity to to, to pour into the new hires. Um, I, I know from, uh, I guess just say personal experience that, that, uh, being, being kind of new at a, in a state agency role can be intimidating at times. So it's, it's good to see that the leadership over there is, is really pouring into the new hires and saying, Hey, this is what we expect. This is what's important. Uh, and on top of that, building those relationships across the state with your new folks is going to, I'm sure pay dividends for years down the road.
0: Those are two of the things that I'm real excited about, William. Our, uh, I had our lead team, our regional foresters and division directors and assistant state forester and myself each spent a week down there with with the uh employees going through the classes and it gave us a great opportunity to interact with the employees, get to know them a little better and just, you know, learn learn a little bit more about them and we'd spend some time in the evenings just visiting with them and and having some fun with them. And they they really appreciated that and Gave our our leadership a a great look at the future of our agency because I, I was very impressed with the young people that we've got working for us through this, seeing them in this program and seeing what they can do, and how how great of a job they did. So, you know that was that was exciting to see that, and we we were were thrilled with with how it turned out.
1: How many folks did you have participate in that class?
0: We had 27 in the class.
1: Are those all foresters, are they technicians, or is it kind of a
0: smattering of, of everything? I believe we had 12 foresters in the class, and the rest were our technicians or forest rangers, so it was, uh, it was a good mix of class members, and also, as you mentioned, just know getting to know people across the state. Being a state agency, we don't have a lot of travel budget, and we don't have a lot of ability to hold big meetings, so our folks get to see other people from across the state. So this will really create an atmosphere where somebody in Geneva County can pick up the phone and call somebody that was in the class in Marshall County, and, you know, they bonded with them, they know them, and they can talk about, you know, how how to fix something or how to do something. And uh, it just creates some great relationships among our employees across the state, which I think will be valuable in the years to come.
1: We'll be right back with more from Rick after a quick word from our sponsors.
0: It's never a dull day on the farm, especially
1: when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Switching gears just a little bit um, and, and really kind of digging into your, your field operations, I know this may not be the, the latest news, but I, I still think it's important for us to hit on while you're in here. Y'all, y'all have recently gone through a little bit of reorganization and restructuring out in the field. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that.
0: Okay. We've uh, cut down, when I first started, we had six regions, which were probably 10 to 12 counties each. We've cut that down to about to four regions, which each have 15 to 17 counties, so It's a little bigger management area for each of our regional foresters. But uh, it it makes us run a little bit more efficiently. And one thing we had gone to several years ago before I started was work units. Um, The Forester Commission has always been an organization that had an office in every county and had five, seven employees in each county. Unfortunately, with budget cuts and just drop in numbers, we've, we've gone from about 550 employees back in the, probably around 2000 to today we're at about 230 employees. So we've just cut down a lot on our number of employees which means we don't have, you know, four or five people in every county. What we're going to is what we call work units where we have three, four counties work together to accomplish the same projects and the same goals. And this is this is better because we have, you know, more people working as a team and I think that creates a uh just creates a better atmosphere, makes people work together and saves money for the state and is a more efficient way to operate.
1: Yeah. When, when you look at it from a a map standpoint or even a budgetary standpoint, it just kind of makes sense to to move this into the more efficient mode. Um, I, I know too that um, you, you've looked at some other ways to save some money and, and change the way the, the phone lines work there in the offices that has uh, been a fun transition for some of our folks out in the field uh, looking to call you all, but um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that or not.
0: Sure, I'll talk about that. It's never a, a popular thing to make changes, but uh one of the things we started looking at was our phone bills and um, we, we realized that most folks uh, don't even have a landline at their home anymore. They just use a cell phone and we started wondering, well, why can't we do that at, at offices? And we started looking at it and I tasked our IT lady with, with figuring out what what it would save us to just cut out most of our landlines, not all of them, but most of them. And it ended up saving us over a hundred thousand dollars a year just to uh, operate off of cell phones and not not use the the landlines anymore. So I know it's been a little bit of an inconvenience for landowners. Uh, we published the, the new cell phone numbers of all of our employees. They're available on our website. We published it in Neighbors Magazine when we first did this. We published right. it in uh, the Alabama Forestry Association Magazine and the, our magazine, the Treasure Forest Magazine. Uh, we published it anywhere we can think of to to get the the numbers out, but and they are available on our website as well. So, you know, if you need to reach an employee in a particular county, you can go to our website, find that county, and find that employee's cell phone number, and it's it's right there and available. And, and like I said, I know that's caused a little bit of consternation and a little concern among some emplo- some folks out in the field and the in the in across the state, but it's for a bigger cause to save us a, a lot of money annually that uh, will help our
1: agency absolutely i I appreciate the um the opportunity for y'all to be a good stewardship of of the taxpayers money so it's a um a a definitely a a little change but you know sometimes those can cause a wrinkle but i i will i will say firsthand experience too that um your folks in the field are are very quick to respond you know the the cell phone almost makes it easier to get a hold of somebody if they're out in the field that's you really get a better response time than you probably did in, in years past um i i i would gonna suggest or not suggest i was gonna ask you as well um you know a lot of the times when i'm working with landowners or our members out in the field they they'll Mentioned about getting some work done on the property, whether it's new road, fire lanes, or, or whatever it is they're 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 working on doing, and a lot of times they think of uh, using a private consultant or something like that, and I always suggest going to you guys, uh, and sometimes folks are surprised to know that the Forestry Commission will offer these services to landowners. Um, tell us a little bit more about what y'all can do to, to help your everyday landowner out there.
0: Okay, we have several programs where we try and help landowners and we generally focus on the smaller landowners, uh, you know, the 80 acres and less. But we'll we'll do any any size. But we generally focus on the smaller landowners. But we do uh, we'll put in fire lanes for them. We'll we'll go out and take our dozers and, and create fire lanes. Um, if they've already got fire lanes, we've got a disc that we'll take out there and just clean up the fire lanes so that they don't have to, you know, they don't have, we don't have to put in install new fire lanes every time. We can just go and, and clean them up and. Have them useful so that it'll protect their their property from wildfire. Uh, of course, one of the things we do the most of is prescribed burning. We generally burn between 30 and 45 thousand acres a year of private landowners, and you know help them clean up the forest, get uh, re- reduce the fuel fuel load that's on the property, reduce competition, and all those kinds of things to help landowners. So you know, that's one of the things we do the most of, and. Quite honestly, we can't always get to everybody that wants us to burn just because we've got a, right. a long list of people that I'm want sure. us to burn. Um, and probably the the other big service that we've just, just gotten into is, is our dr- our drone mapping. We'll, we've got uh, several drones, and we will take those drones out to uh, people's property and uh, create a map for them. We'll, we'll fly the property and uh, video it and, and create a very nice map that they've got that they can can use to look at their property. They will mark uh, if they've got different stands or you know, pastures where they like to hunt that will put names of those on there for them, make it all a pretty map for them. They can hang up on their wall or they can use for whatever purpose they want. But uh, that's one of the newest services we've gotten. We've got a lot of demand for that service. So Good. We do charge for all of those services I just mentioned. Sure. Um, all of our fees are available on our website so that you can go to our website and see what uh, what those fees are.
1: Well, awesome, Rick. I, I really appreciate the opportunity for you to come in and talk to us a little bit today. Uh, on and on, uh, on behalf of the Federation, I want to thank you for what y'all do every day to make sure that uh, our forests and uh, homes are protected out there from wildfire and everything y'all do to help uh, improve the environment and forests of our state. So uh, thanks, Rick, and hopefully we'll get you back on here soon.
0: Well, thank you, William. I appreciate the opportunity to come visit and talk to, to y'all's landowners anytime. And now, your weekly Ag cash wrap-up.
2: Thank you for joining us for today's wrap-up. I'm Carla Hornady, Director of the Cotton Division for the Alabama Farmers Federation. Enrollment for the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol for 2021 began April 1st. U.S. cotton growers can enroll their 2021 cotton crop in the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol, which aims to set a new standard in more sustainably grown cotton. For new grower members, now is the time to begin ensuring the future of your operation and U.S. cotton. Existing members will also need to re-enroll their operations in order to receive the year-over-year data from field to market. U.S. grower members' complete enrollment in the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol is critical to the program's success. With their membership, the Trust Protocol will help apparel brands and retailers competently source more sustainably grown U.S. cotton. Please spread the word that U.S. cotton growers can enroll their crop for 2021 today at www.trustuscotton.org.
0: Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.